Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of For the Faithful podcast, where we will be sitting here talking about everything 49ers football, good and bad. We'll be looking at future matchups. We'll be looking at the week's past. So for my faithful, please stick around and let's see what happens. All right, everybody, welcome back to For the Faithful. We're going to go ahead and jump in to this segment of the podcast. We're in week five where the week five game against the Dolphins isn't even completed. Um, The easy target to go into uh, the early segment of the podcast would be on the offensive side of the ball, but I'm actually going to stick more towards the defensive side and more or less aiming towards the lack of depth that the 49ers are experiencing, especially in the secondary. You're already talking about Nick Bosa being out for the rest of the season. D. Ford, who with a neck and back issue, is there is a sincere concern to the fact that he may not ever suit up in red and gold again. Um, you got Solomon Thomas. You're talking about that, the depth of that D line that made the 49ers so fearsome on the defensive side of the ball last year. And then even the replacements you're bringing in, you brought in Ziggy, Ziggy Ansah, who came in and, and tore his bicep, and he's out for the rest of the year now. This is, it's really hard to watch. Yes, the linebacking core is intact when you look at Kwan Alexander, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw missed two games. He came back in this game and was as good as he possibly could be with with Miami <clears throat> focusing in on, on the lack of depth that the Niners have at the secondary. Um, you know, running through – I mean, even last week, looking at that Sunday night game, Sunday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles, where you're running with Verrett and Deontay Johnson, and they held it together as best as they could up until the fourth quarter. Uh, Nick Mullins wasn't getting it done on the offensive side of the ball, uh, it, which he was later replaced by C.J. Beathard. Um, and it took up until the fourth quarter for the Eagles to be able to put a solidifying uh, type of score up to where it was the game was over. Um, but then you go into Deontay Johnson was out this week. You know you're running with a Brian Allen, a guy who hasn't started in the NFL since 2018, and that fucking dude got roasted. Oh my God, that secondary was making Fitzpatrick look like a top-tier quarterback through the first half, had a perfect passer rating against this defense. Are you fucking kidding me? Even shelled and shattered as they are, a a player like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has had his moments, there's reasons why he's still in the league. He should not be torching the 49ers to a 158.3 perfect passer rating. Are you fucking kidding me? No way. No fucking. That's 
completely unacceptable. Unacceptable. And then you flip it to the other side. The 49ers get Raheem Mostert back. They get Jimmy Garoppolo back. And even I was optimistic, thinking, oh, man. Garoppolo, a stable quarterback play coming back. The 49ers should have this game in hand, and it should the line shouldn't even matter. Garoppolo got his ass benched at halftime in favor of C.J. Beathard. It wasn't an injury benching. It was no. Garoppolo looked like fucking shit, and I have not been a believer in Garoppolo since he got traded. When he got traded. Back in 2017, and he came in and he took over a 1-10 49ers team and took them to a 5-0, and finished with them at 5-0 and in his last five starts and beating two playoff teams, mind you, through that. That was the height of my hype of Jimmy Garoppolo because then he came in starting that next season, week one against the Vikings, lost, threw a pick six in that game, barely beat out a Detroit Lions team. And then Kansas City, week three, uh, I was I paid a lot of money to go to that game to watch him tear his ACL because he's an immobile and very unathletic quarterback. Quarterback, like just go out of bounds, motherfucker. Why did you try to cut back inside, dude? You're not fast. You're not athletic. Stop. And lo and behold, he has not looked great. In this in this season, lost to Arizona, and say what you will about Arizona, they, they don't have a great defense. They, they, that game, this week's game against the Jets was close, close, and it shouldn't have been. <clears throat> no matter what the fucking score was, he didn't look great again against Arizona. I understand you're out, Debo Samuel. You're out, Brandon Ayuk. You've got enough receivers to make your – it wasn't the receiving core. It was the fact that he kept throwing behind people. And it showed again today because he played the first half of that Jets game in week two, and he's been out ever since. Constantly throwing behind people, overthrowing, underthrowing. He is not the franchise quarterback. He's not. And I have been, I have been saying this for a year and a half. He's not the guy. He's not the guy that can stand in the pocket and deliver that throw. He cannot get out of pressure's way, out of harm's way when there's pressure coming down. He will sit there. He did it twice today. He will sit in the pocket and just sit there and look at the and, and look at the edge rushers coming in and just collapse. Jimmy Garoppolo's not the fucking dude. He's not. He is Expected, I, I think his his sal his salary for the next season is right around twenty eight million dollars, probably if not more. I'm guessing at this point, but he only counts against the cap two point eight million if you if you cut him. Well, he that's too expensive to keep him as a backup. The 49ers need to go ahead and cut his ass. They need to cut him. Now, because if he wasn't showing you enough to keep him in a game against a Miami Dolphins 
porous team. They're a top, they're a bottom 10 team in the league. They're bottom. They are not good. I understand that they have been, they have stayed in every game pretty much that they played. They are blowing out the 49ers. Blowing out. It's two minutes. It, we're, we're, we're hitting the two minute warning right now. It is 43 to 17. If they had a competent court, even if they had a competent quarterback dealing with their secondary issues right now, I wouldn't necessarily say maybe they're winning, but they're sure as shit not getting the blown the fuck out like they are right now. This is really, this is embarrassing to watch as a 49ers fan. I wanted to shut the shit off at the two minute warning of, of the first half. This was the only thing that the only reason I kept the game on was because C.J. Beathard replaced Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback. Garoppolo needs to go. He he's not the competent quarterback. And here you go. Here's the stat line: Jimmy Garoppolo, nine of eighteen for ninety-four yards. Oh, uh, apologies, apologies. I had that backwards. Beathard. Coming into the second half, 9 of 18 for 94 yards and a touchdown. Garoppolo, 7 of 17 for 77 yards and two interceptions. And both of those interceptions were ugly throws on Garoppolo, Garoppolo's part into double coverage. McKinnon didn't even have a break on that first interception. He was swallowed the fuck up. Why he even decided to try to throw the ball his way blows my mind. But it just it it just it, it reassures that. He is not the guy. He's not. If he was the guy, he would have already established that shit by now. And it's the exact re- you're seeing now the exact reasons why Kyle Shanahan took that ball out of his hands through the fucking playoffs. You establish the run. That's how you win in a Kyle Shanahan offense. And Kyle Shanahan does have a hand to blame in this too because he tried to put that ball in his hands a little too early. Mostert had a really good stat line. Through the first half, I, I don't understand why why they took it took it out of his hands. Mostert was was fucking eight carries for seventy five yards. Why would you go away from that? And there was a part of me that at fourteen nothing when they finally got on the board when Uzcheck scored within w- inside the ten. I think it was a seven yard rush. There was a part of me that was going, oh shit, maybe they actually, oh my God, this is what got us, this is what made us so fucking dominant offensively last year. We were the number two rushing attack in the NFL behind Baltimore. Oh my God, th- th- remind me of the ways as to how we got to the Super Bowl, especially through the playoffs, the divisional round against against Minnesota, run the ball. Uh, the the NFC Championship game against the Packers, 186 yards before contact. You run the ball in this offense. This is Mike Shanahan's offense that he had in Denver. We need to stop. Kyle Shanahan needs to stop trying to put the ball into the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo, thinking he's going to lead us. No, Garoppolo had his moments last year. His two games against Arizona and the game against New Orleans, at least on that last drive against New Orleans, I will I, I put more of my faith. Uh, in, I say more of the, the the credit goes to George Kittle on that very ballsy run he had with two defenders dragging on him, and then he got the face mask penalty that set up the game winning field goal. Garoppolo had a pretty great game. 
and it, we're talking about three starts. They took the ball out of his hands in the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan is letting everyone know, I don't trust this fucking dude. And I don't either as a fan. At this point, Garoppolo has not shown that he can be the guy to stand up and deliver in the moment. He didn't do it in the playoffs. He didn't do it in the Super Bowl when it counted. And he has not done it so far this year. And it's it's really sad to say, but like Garoppolo, he only costs a second rounder. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. We have capable backups with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. It's time for the 49ers to reassess the quarterback position because just about everywhere else on that roster, they have figured out. Injuries barring, they have every other position figured out for this team. I think it's time to reassess the quarterback. We're going to go ahead and take a break here, and we're going to go ahead in the next segment and get into looking forward after this horrifying loss against the fucking Miami Dolphins. Uh, We're going to look forward into the 49ers schedule, looking into next week and into the future. So please stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to For the Faithful. First episode coming in week five, coming from a lifelong diehard Niners fan. Well, it it is uh, the the final score is in. Dolphins 43, 49ers 17. That's pretty fucking embarrassing for a team that was just in the Super Bowl. Looking forward, you've got to think at least next week's game. Yeah, it already changed. Oh my God, the line already changed. It was a whole 15 minutes ago favored San Francisco by three points. It's Already, the line has changed to Rams in favor by three. Um, and I think that line is very fucking generous because uh, <laughs> the Niners just got their shit pushed in by by the Dolphins. They made they made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like a top tier quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> that line should be if you're betting, bet over on that line. Good fucking god. Um, looking forward as a 49ers fan, you got to think this team has to go in one of two directions. No team, no organization wants to tank, right? You, You look like a team like the Jaguars. The Jaguars have at least stayed, they've been competitive in most games they've played, even though with, trading and cutting all all the big-name assets they've had this year, you would believe, like, oh, this team is tanking for ter- for for Trevor Lawrence. But no, they're, 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 Gardner Minshew ain't allowing that shit. But then you look at the 49ers. The 49ers pretty much have it figured out at every position other than quarterback. Garoppolo is making top-tier money. He's not a top-tier quarterback. I understand why they gave him that deal when they gave it to him. Because he's the first great thing they've seen at quarterback since 
Colin Kaepernick. And once Colin Kaepernick got figured out, this it, it was over. It was over for him. I I look at the 49ers schedule, 49ers schedule going forward. They got the Rams at home. Then they have to travel to the Patriots, which at least two weeks hence, you have to figure Cam Newton's going to be back. Then you're on the road at the Seahawks. Then they get the Packers, which the Packers are the number one offense right now in the NFL. That It's not the same Packers team, and it's not the same 49ers team that the Packers saw two times last year. And then they're on the road at the Saints, on the road at the Rams. Monday night football at the Bills, which if you're if you listen to the other podcast I'm a part of, Unsportsmanlike Commentary, my counterpart in that is a Bills fan. The Bills at this point are, are gonna run a train on the 49ers, considering what just happened when they were playing the fucking Dolphins. Then they're at they're at home against the Redskins or um, excuse me the Washington Football Team on the road against the Cowboys on the road at the Cardinals and at home at the Seahawks. I looking legitimately looking forward with what I've seen out of the last two weeks. There's only one game I see them. I, I won't even say winning. I'll say being competitive in, and that's the game against against Washington. This this team, injury riddled as it is, is they need to figure out the quarterback position because yes, Nick Bosa, D Ford, Sherm, Dre Greenlaw for two weeks, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, Akilah Witherspoon, all those guys being hurt for a chunk of time took a toll on the 49ers. There's no denying that. And it didn't help on the offensive side of the ball when you got Raheem Mostert out. He missed two weeks, and that was really showing. Jarek McKinnon is a fantastic third-down pass-catching back, but that's exactly what he is. He's not an every-down type back. He's not a first and second down type back. He's not a guy you can send up the middle and expect to pick up any yards. And it, it why why Kyle Shanahan decided on the fourth and one in the first quarter, oh, we're fourth and one in their territory, I know we got a guy like Raheem Mostert who has more size over Jarek McKinnon, but more speed and agility. Let's go ahead and send McKinnon. And he got his fucking ass stuffed. No. At that point, you, you bet, you're you better off sending either uh, Kyle Juszczyk or having Garoppolo do a quarterback sneak. I, I did not understand that play call, and that's that's what cost them early. Uh, you're already down 14-0. You might as well send one of your bigger-bodied people to try and pick up a yard, but you sent tiny-ass Jarek McKinnon. That being said, the Niners on every other asset on both sides of the ball have it figured out. You have Debo. Debo is going to be a solidified number one. 
He learned a lot from Emmanuel Sanders last year. He's going to be a number one. You got Brandon Ayuk, who through a couple of games has proven like the dude is versatile. He he he's uh, he's an asset in the pass game, a run game. You can use him in that Kyle Shanahan offense. You've got, in my opinion, the best tight end uh, overall in the NFL, and George Kittle. Not just because of his abilities in the pass game, but how focal, how big of a focal point he is in that run game. He's a blocker. Like Kelsey is pro- is the best pass catching tight end. But what makes Kittle the best overall tight end is not only his pass catching ability, his yards after catch ability. It's the fact that he can stand in and run block all fucking day. And then. Bosa's coming back. He's lost to this year, but Bosa is coming back next year. You've got D Ford. Fingers crossed. Maybe he comes back sometime this year and, and, and is proving proving his relativity in this in this defense and and showing he's worth what he's getting paid because he he is getting paid a lot to not to not play a lot. Um. You know, Sherm, Sherm's on the last he's on the last year of his deal. He's getting up there in age. Uh I think he showed through the playoffs last year that he really can't play man to man. Um, but he's never that's never really been demanded out of him in the NFL. He was the Seahawks run his own offense or defense, and the the 49ers typically run his own defense. Um I think the 49ers would be better suited next year if they want to retain Sherm to drop him into more of a safety type role because Richard Sherman is one of the smartest defensive players in the NFL. He, 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 he's, he should definitely be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Once he retires, like he can read, he reads everything. And I think that would be a huge asset in the safety game where he's not dependent on man-to-man. He's He is a sure tackler, but I feel like he, he, could, he could be a much more of an asset to, to San Francisco in that safety zone style type of defense for him. But like we like I've said, the the one the one question mark is quarterback. And Garoppolo is not the fucking answer. I I, I I watched a lot of people the two weeks he didn't play, you know, pull for Mullins, and Mullins did a good job against the Giants, and he did a pretty shit job against the Eagles. And people were like, we need Jimmy back. We need Jimmy back. Well, Jimmy came back and offered up a terrible, terrible fucking stat line. It wasn't. It, it was. He only played a, a half a football, but still, seven for seventeen for seventy-seven yards and two interceptions, a QBR of fifteen point seven against a Miami Dolphins defense that's not that great. Not that great. They are a bottom ten team in the league. Garoppolo should have been cooking a lot faster against an inferior team. And then mind you, C.J. Beathard comes in, goes 9 for 18, 
94 yards, has a touchdown with an 84-yard or an 84 QBR. Both times Beathard has come back, come in off the bench this season. He has led his first drive into a touchdown drive. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying C.J. Beathard is the quarterback of the future. Not even fucking close. That man was struggling hard in 2018 until Nick Mullins replaced him. But this should be an eye-opening type of stat for 49ers front office management, the coaching staff. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy. He's not the guy that got you to the Super Bowl. That was the run game in the defense. And all other arguments are... There's no argument to make. There's no argument to make. He didn't fucking... He barely threw the ball through the first two games in the playoffs. And that really... It's really eye-opening. And for us to be able to get a top-level quarterback in the draft, that means the 49ers are going to have to suck for the rest of the season, which looking at what they've got and who they've got facing going forward, I don't necessarily think is – is. I'm not saying we need to tank. I just <laughs> – I, I just – I don't see them winning with what they have right now going forward. Coming up, we'll go ahead and give my final recaps of the week and then moving forward into week six. Stay tuned. Welcome back to For the Faithful. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast. Um, Looking back at a very underwhelming and frustrating week five blowout loss to the Dolphins. Uh, We're going to go ahead and look at the week six matchup at home against the Rams. Um, I would have uh, zero to little faith that the 49ers will somehow pull this shit off. Uh, Rams four and one, Niners two and three, Niners also 0 and three at home. Um, I would go ahead and expect that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be your starting quarterback for week six because they pay him way too much money and they're going to blame. I would be, I'd be willing to bet that looking into these post game conferences, you'd be like, well, it was all about getting Jimmy comfortable on that ankle and blah, 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 blah. Any about the ankle the motherfucker threw terrible, terrible interceptions. It wasn't about not having enough on the throw. It was about having not the wherewithal, not to throw it into double coverage. He should have had a fourth. He should have had a third interception when he threw into not one, two, three, quadruple coverage looking for George Kittle at the end of the first half. That being said, betting-wise, go ahead and put your money down the line is not staying on the Rams at three points. There's no way. If it stays at three, put your money down. Put that money down. They're going to go well over that. I'd be willing to bet the Rams at seven, if not more. 
thank you guys for listening to the first episode of For the Faithful. I'm going to be doing this once a week, Sundays, potentially Mondays, seeing what's going on. I also have another podcast that I'm a part of uh, called Unsportsmanlike Commentary with my buddy DC. He and I cover all of the week matchups. We also go in and we go into the fantasy rankings and our own fantasy rankings um, for each week. We do re- we do week recaps. Uh, so there's three episodes that come out every week for this podcast. If you would like, please go ahead, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google, Pocket Casts, just about any any destination that you can get podcasts. He and I are on. Um, also, follow me on Twitter if you so choose. T Klein, T K E L T K L E I N four nine E R two nine T Klein forty nine or two nine. Follow me. I'm I tweet a lot during the 40 during all week's games uh and let me know what you think of the the first episode if you agree with my takes if you disagree with my takes let me know on twitter uh for that say good night enjoy the sunday night game the monday night games that are coming and the tuesday night game Ooh, watch out everybody all right we'll catch up with you next week see you later faithful